This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth alongside Chandler Morrison. We do this twice a week. We take a look back. And then later on in the week, we will take a look ahead. We are down to our final week of high school football across the state of Tennessee in the regular season. So we're going to be looking back at week 10. We'll turn an eye towards week 11 later on this week. We invite you to join us for that. Of course, you can always find us at SETN Preps on Twitter. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at ChrisGoForth1. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Just do a search. SETN Preps will pop right up. Make sure you uh, you like us there. And then uh, if you like what we do here, we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and podcast.com. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or give us a five-star rating. We would appreciate that. And also uh, leave a review. The reason why we want you to do those things is it helps us be able to find more high school football fans in southeast Tennessee. So if you'll do that for us, that would be awesome. And uh, Chandler, we got a lot of stuff going on. It was a wet and rainy Friday night. I don't know if in my years of doing this, um, that I have ever seen a Friday night where it rained like it did this last Friday. I can tell you that we did a game on TV Friday night from Meigs County, and by the end of the night, I was genuinely, I was soaked. There was not a, and I was undercover, and I was soaked, but there was not a single part of me Friday night that was not just absolutely drenched. Yeah, and Chris, it's getting to that point of the year where, you know, it's not very hot outside, so you don't have as much thunder and lightning to worry about. Um, so, you know, you get to play these kind of games. And, you know, and I think it was and at this point in the year also you're, you're looking at, hey, we've got a lot of playoff implications in some of these games. So very smart move on everybody to move the games up a day uh, instead of having to wait and try to do something on Saturday or try to find another day because it's just not possible to end of the season. So, yeah, uh, the other thing to keep in mind, and I know a lot of people were, you know, oh, I can't believe we, back in my day we played football in this kind of weather, blah, blah, blah. Look, when you get down to this point in time in the season, you have a lot of schools that are doing senior nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last home game is usually senior night. So if your last home game was week 10 in this 11-week regular season and you wanted to have your senior night and honor the senior football players, band members, cheerleaders. Heck, I've been some schools, they honor the whole flipping senior class and they announce everybody. It's like graduation when they do it. If that's what you do, then I don't blame any school for moving it to Thursday night where they get – who wants to have – their, their players or their athletes or their band members, the cheerleaders, whoever, who wants to invite them to come out and their families to come out and stand in ankle deep of mud on a Friday night before the game? That's ridiculous. Move it to Thursday night. The weather, I, Thursday night, I saw a game Thursday night too, and uh, I thought the weather Thursday night was absolutely perfect for high school football. So uh, enough about that. We do have the playoffs coming up. Let me tell you what's going to happen on this uh, podcast later on in the week. 
Chandler, our resident bracketologist. He will be uh, breaking down all the brackets, all the regions. He'll go through and tell us what games mean the most this week. We know a couple of them. A couple of them are obvious right now, but uh, there may be some other games may have some playoff implications coming up on Friday night you may not be aware of. That's what Chandler is going to do. We will talk next week on our podcast. We will go deep into the playoff brackets. We'll talk about all the brackets, all the classifications. We'll give you our thoughts. And then, coming up, Chandler, we're going to have our own little uh, bracket contest where if you think you can uh, pick the winners, you can um, you can go on, be able to do it online, just like your you know, NCAA tournament bracket challenge that everybody fills out online. You can go fill one out for the TWSAA playoffs. And if you win, Chandler and I are going to let the winner come on this show as a co-host and uh, talk high school football with us sometime, uh, probably uh, either in December or right after the first of the year. So that should be fun, Chandler. Yeah, and uh, we'll put out we'll put out links, and uh, we'll keep the people informed uh, this week on social media. Uh, those those should be coming out the Saturday after all the games have gone final. We'll be working to get those out that night, and by Saturday morning, uh, Chris, they should all be out and ready to go. And um, you know, it, it'll be fun, and you can see if you know the playoffs better than me and Chris. Well, that's not Statewide hard because I can practice. I can tell you. I have a system. I've told you my system before. I do it by, um, I do it by by margin of victory. That's how mm-hmm. I select who wins. How here? I, I pretty much go chalk most of the time in round one because I think you see most of the time in round one, it's usually pretty good. Your ones and twos almost always advance. Um, mm-hmm. You'll see a three upset a two every now and then, but it doesn't happen doesn't happen too too much. And I don't think a four ever upsets a one seed. It has happened. But man, it doesn't happen very often. So, um, when's the last time you remember that happening, Chris? You know, I know that it's happened. It's it's happened. I think within the last decade. Um, but okay. I would I would have to go back through the TWSAA brackets in order to find the last time that that happened. Mm. But typically, if a team finishes fourth and they get mm. in as the four seed, typically they're they're not for long when it comes playoff time in November. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, that is what, uh, that's what we'll be doing coming up here, Chandler. So I'm excited about that. We'll get, uh, yeah. we'll get folks, you can sign up and be able to play our bracket challenge. We'll tell you a little more about it coming up later on in the week. And then, uh, of course, uh, make sure you like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and, uh, we'll make sure that you know about it when the time comes. Chandler, you ready to dive in and, uh, let's talk about some of the games from Friday night. Absolutely. Let's get let's get at it. Let's start with a game that we talked a lot about last week, and this was one of those games that was moved to Thursday night uh, as uh, East Hamilton hosted Anderson County. Anderson County got the win. It's their third straight region title. If you would have told me, Chandler, going into this game, if you would have said, hey, East Hamilton's going to recover three first-half fumbles in Anderson County territory, <laughs> I would have thought for sure that East Hamilton was going to win this game. They had their own share of problems, though, including another bad snap on a punt that cost them. Uh, that is at least three, if not four times this year. This time they only gave up a safety. 
but they've had a at least three to four bad snaps on punts this year that have ended up either in the end zone or out of the back of the end zone or something that has uh, resulted in them giving up points. Um, Adam Caudill, the outstanding running back for East Hamilton, scored his 19th touchdown of the year. And now East Hamilton in another, you might as well call it, uh, what it is, Chandler, I think Friday night for them against Howard, it's going to be a, another must-win game as they'll fight for second place in the region, I believe, with Howard on, on Friday night. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation for East Hamilton. You go into week 10, and you got a chance to have the number one seed, and by the end of week 11, you could be sitting there having to travel on the road in Class 4A, and that's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough thing to do. Um, but you know, Chris, this is not a bad loss considering you might see these two teams play in the playoffs again. Um, if they, if East Hamilton can get that number two seed, you know, this could be a situation where they might be able to meet up, uh, later, later on. Uh, but even if they get that three seed, they could even meet in the second round if there's an upset there. Um, you know, that, that 4A, that 4A bracket though is going to be tough, Chris, but, uh, you know, this, this one, when Anderson County, by the way, um, had 260 yards on the ground, East Hamilton only had 93, just to kind of show you the disparity there. And I think that's what made the difference in this one, Chris, was they just pounded the ball more than East Hamilton did. And that, and, you know, East Hamilton's a team that doesn't mind pounding the ball, you know, and when you can do it better than East Hamilton, a lot of times you're going to win that game. But you're right. I, I think when you look at those turnovers, if you'd have told me, I mean, you have three turnovers in, in Anderson County territory when you only got two touchdowns, you know, even with that kind of two-thirds ratio, Chris, you should be winning that game. And yeah, that think, was surprising to see. Yeah, yeah. you think. You, you know, somebody's going to give it to you twice on their end of the field. They're giving you every opportunity to put that game away. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, uh, East Hamilton, it wasn't their night. They weren't able to do it. I still think they can have a little bit of success in the playoffs. But, again, Chandler, I think that is where this Friday night against Howard becomes so much Im- so much more important for them because, mm-hmm. as you said, 4A, you don't want to go you don't want to go on the road in 4A. You want to get at least one game at home, which I think will mm-hmm. pretty much assure them an opportunity to be able to advance and play into that second round. So, um that's the way I that's you know that's the way I see it. So that's a big one. It's mm-hmm. a big one for Howard too cuz you talk about a win. We'll get to Howard coming up a little later on, but you get to a uh you get a win on Friday night, man. It makes uh this year that's already been pretty special at Howard, it makes it even more so. But that's one of the games we'll talk about coming up later on in the week. Maryville defeated McMinn County 30 to nothing. Chandler, Maryville is who we thought they were. And I guess we can they all go are. back. Yes, we know the <laughs> you know the clip. I guess we can just go back to hoping for one of our local teams to be able to beat them next year uh, i thought i thought bradley had a shot at them uh, mm-hmm. they smacked bradley down i thought Mc, i thought for sure mcmahon county would be able to get them and they smacked mcmahon county down 30 to nothing they beat mcmahon county chris interesting enough that was the second smallest margin of victory for marable this season Jeez. the first was alcoa <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, because I, I, I figured when I saw 38, I said, I don't think I've seen uh, Marable score less than 38 this season. I was right, Chris. You know, they had that except for, of course, the Alcoa game, but that's a rivalry game, Chris. So, you know, sure. I think that was like 17-3 or whatever. It was still a pretty good margin. Uh, the thing that baffles me is Min County, 26 yards rushing, 44 total yards of offense all night. That Maryville defense is suffocating. And it, it's tough to be in, the, in a region with that, Chris. I think the way the brackets are going to fall out, Chris, that – you're gonna have teams. You're you're gonna have teams from this region playing each other again in the playoffs. So, you know, this gives me no hope that Bradley or Bentman County will be able to to kind of drive that nail in and beat Maryville in the playoffs when we've seen what they've done in the regular season. That Maryville defense, Chris, is just absolutely suffocating. Yeah, I mean, they look start the game off with a safety. Yeah. <laughs> they are what they are, you know. They are who we thought they were. So yeah. there is nothing uh, nothing you can do about that. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Bradley Central and Saudi Daisy. What a game. This was another one that was yeah. played Thursday night. Um, what a game. Saudi led it 14 nothing. They led 28-7 with 8.04 to go in the first half. Ricky McCleary, the uh, really good running back at, at Bradley, twist his ankle in the second quarter. They move Trey Curry from wide receiver to running back. All he does is rush for 167 yards, score three touchdowns. Bradley comes back from a 21-point deficit and wins the game 49-35. to Saudi scored just one time in the, uh, in the second half, and it was a heck of a game. I, this is one that I would have loved to have been able to see. I did follow it. Um, and if you don't, you should be following us uh, on Twitter on uh, on Friday night at SETN Preps because I was following along with our Twitter feed on Thursday night to keep up with this game as it went, and it was one more contest uh, between these two. Hunter Maynard is a great player for Saudi uh, and a guy that has to go both ways. That was something that Justin Barnes talked about in the in the paper. In his uh, in his interview, and I think eventually the fact that Saudi has so many guys like Maynard, good players, great players, but mm-hmm. so many of them have to play both ways mm-hmm. that I think it just wore them down. And that may be when you talk about Saudi Daisy in the playoffs, and they're going to be one of those teams that's pretty good that's going to get stuck in a three or a four seed and probably end up going on the road for the playoffs. Um, so they, they could be a dangerous team depending on what kind of matchup they end up with, but depth may be their undoing at, uh, at Saudi because again, I think one through 11 or one through 22, if you will, I think they're a good team. The problem is you got too many of those guys that are having to play both ways and that's what's causing them some issues. Also, too, one other quick note on this, Chandler, that I wanted to make. I had to laugh a little bit at all the people going on making a big deal about Trey Curry playing running back. If you listen to this podcast, Chandler, we told you this back in August. Yeah. We told you this back in August, what they were doing at Bradley, that they were moving Trey Curry 
from wide receiver, moving him to running back in order to get the ball in his hands more because he was being double-teamed and triple-teamed as a wide receiver. So they were moving him into the backfield. This should come as no surprise to anyone who follows high school football in this area that Damon Floyd is finding a way to get the ball into the hands of his best player. So the fact that he goes from wide receiver to running back and their offense doesn't miss a beat, uh, that's not a. Uh, that's absolutely nothing new. They are going to continue to find ways to get the ball in his hands. So, uh, w- w- I had to chuckle at all the yeah. people who, uh, yeah. you know, you didn't know, you should have known, you should have been listening because uh, we told you that here on this podcast. I don't know, eight weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say the exact same thing, Chris. I, I was kind of chuckling a little bit too because. If you have even looked at a box, you don't even have to listen to it. If you had looked at a box score every now and then, Chris, you would have seen that this that this guy was – they were using him as a running back and using him with, with rushing yards, basically. Uh, you know, and, and I'm sure with that offense, they're able to kind of throw out of the backfield to him too as well. So, you know, it, it's not unheard of for him to be in that running back position. I mean, 168 yards, three TDs, that's, that's, that's a pretty good night for a running back. I was kind of chuckling because it's like it's like you said, Chris. They should know that. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal because he's been in this situation all year, Chris. Oh yeah, where they kind of moved him back and forth. Maybe not the injuries wise, but they knew that if, if he needed to step in at running back, that, they, that he would be a pretty good running back. And you know, I, that's that was a situation that came up. And uh, I think people try to search too much for stories nowadays. They they don't see the stories that are right in front of them. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But you know. This game was a fun game to watch. Trey Curry ended up being the winning, you know, really they were up by one, only one touchdown with about five minutes to go. Trey Curry runs for a 61-yard rush, rushing touchdown, um, scores with five minutes to go, and that puts them up two scores and ultimately wins them that game, Chris. So Trey Curry was the difference in this game. Whether and I think he would have been the difference whether he was on the outside or whether he was a running back, Chris, because, you know, he's just that kind of versatile of an athlete. And a lot of people now talking about him being, you know, a, a good prospect in this area. But, Chris, we've been on his bandwagon since, what, like early last year? Yeah, since the Jamboree last year. And he will probably end up being – man, he's got a really good shot at being the number one pro. I don't know where he ranks right now. I don't really keep up with the recruiting stuff like I used to. But yeah. – uh, I, and I don't know where he is right now. I've heard people say that he's as high as number three or number four wide receiver in the country going into next year. Um, but he's got a really good shot if he's not already there. He's got a, a really good shot at being the number one player in the state of Tennessee for the class of 2021. Yeah, you, you got to get rid of Jay Hardy first. That, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Jay Hardy for 2020. Uh, Trey Curry for 2021. I sound like I'm pushing politicians on here. Um, hey, let's uh, let's move on to uh, to another game. Eastridge and Howard. I said earlier we'd talk about Howard for a minute. They uh, will face East Hamilton this week. My guy, another guy that I told you about after the Jamboree this year, is Eric Johnson at Howard. Watch out for this kid. 128 yards rushing. He had a 36-yard fumble return for a score. He's the best player in town, Chandler, that nobody talks about. This kid can flat ball. Um, 
Three out of the four touchdowns that Howard scored were from 20 yards or out, uh, 20 yards or more out. They've got a – look, there's a big play component to this Howard defense, and that's something that uh, East Hamilton is going to have to account for this week. I think that game between Howard and East Hamilton, I think it's going to be fantastic. And the idea that there is a, a home playoff game on the line for the winner of these two, I just mm-hmm. think it's tremendous. I think it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and that Howard defense, I mean, it was really, really good. And I know this is East Ridge, but only 35 yards of total offense from East Ridge in this game. And, you know, that's, that just shows me that, that Howard is going to be able to, man, to to keep that defense up enough to to keep this game that next week they go into East Hamilton to keep this game close. Because I think I think what you really have to look at when you're talking about someone like East Hamilton is can you stop them from scoring? If you can't stop them from scoring, it doesn't matter how many points you score, they're going to score more. But, you know, sloppy field, old school game, Chris. I mean, you got to love it. They, you know, we talked about the senior nights earlier. East Ridge had their senior night. And they had it all out in the pouring rain, you know. The the players were out there. The parents had the umbrellas trekking through the mud. So, you know, I, I guess uh, they wanted a, an old school senior night for an old school old school kind of game, Chris. Yeah, that was an old school kind of game. But and I think East Ridge skill position wise, I think East Ridge is pretty good in the skill positions. Oh, they yeah. just, you yeah. know, I think Howard's just better. At the end of the day, man, Howard mm-hmm. is better. I'm interested to see Howard East Hamilton, how that game shakes out. I'm interested to see who each of those teams get in the playoffs in round one because I think both of them are good enough, regardless of whether they finish two or three. I think both mm-hmm. of them are good enough to be able to win a game in advance. So um, who knows? Both of those, either one of those teams may end up getting another shot at, uh, at Anderson County before the. Uh, you know, before the playoffs are over. So Chandler, if you're ready, I got a couple of news and notes, some things I want to hit on uh, here before we uh, get to our, our uh, rankings this week. Um, Fayetteville, Fayetteville defeated Whitwell on Thursday night, 41, 14 was the final score there. And then Friday word comes out that Fayetteville has to forfeit games. They've been playing in an eligible player. They've got to forfeit six games. They went from being champions of Region 5-1A to completely missing the playoffs. They're also mm-hmm. going to have to pay a $600 fine. They were 9-0. and They're now 3-6. and They played an ineligible transfer player in six out of their first seven games. Um, the kid transferred into Fayetteville, but he did not move. And he didn't move into the school system territory and because of that, he's been ruled ineligible. And again, they go from nine and zero, ranked number four in the state, Chandler, to mm-hmm. being three and six and missing the playoffs. By the way, one side note to this, and I realize Fayetteville is kind of outside of the area. We don't typically—they're not a team we talk about. Heck, they were zero and ten or one and nine or mm-hmm. something last year. So maybe, maybe they got a couple of those transfers to help them get to nine and zero. Marion mm-hmm. County picks up a win in this because I think uh, they lost to Fayetteville back in week. It was either week one or week two. It was very early mm-hmm. in the season. I think it was week one. Yeah. Okay. Well, that game is now a victory for Marion County, and it goes down mm-hmm. as a loss for Fayetteville. It has been tough for Fayetteville, though. 
They win their first region championship in school history, and that's a school that's probably about a decade or so old, win their first region championship on a Friday night two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. The next Saturday, the next morning, one of their players, who is a senior wide receiver, is on his way to work. A bale of hay comes off of a truck into his car. He runs off the road, is in a car accident, and tragically passes away. So they had dedicated the rest of their season to the young man that that passed away. And for those kids, and the coaching staff too, to go through that of losing a teammate, losing a player, after the kind of the exhilaration of winning a uh, your your first ever region title, mm-hmm. and then to come out and to lose one of your teammates and one of your players the next day, then you dedicate the season to him, and then you find out that you've played an eligible player, and you go from region champs, unbeaten, ranked number four in the state, to completely missing the playoffs. Yeah, that that is that is very tragic, and you know that's just a, a I, I feel for the the school, the players, the coaches, and the fans because that's that's a tough situation to be in, and you know I you know at least you kind of have the upside of we can dedicate this season to him and make sure that this season is always remembered, and then it just gets nullified, and that that just that just sucks, Chris. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And and you know from what I've read, and it was that he didn't you know that they he didn't move. Apparently, Chris, they the way the TWSWA looked at this was he was in Lincoln County, but he was not within the Fayetteville bus routes like a bus route did not reach him from the Fayetteville school system um because you can it's kind of like it's kind of like the scenario where you know where you're in Whitworth South Pittsburgh or something like that and you can go to really any school in that county but a bus you know you can enroll when you're a freshman but you have to drive you you know you you know you you can't be within a bus route or whatever um basically you have to be to move you have to be able to move to where a bus route can get to can come find you and that was the situation that happened that at first I think the confusion was, Chris, that, oh, well, he, he is within the Fayetteville range because he's in, in, within Lincoln County, which anybody in Lincoln County can go to Fayetteville. But then, you know, they looked at and Tim was to be looked again, and they go by bus routes and what the school board says. So hmm. uh, when they went by the bus routes, he was not eligible to play there. Wow. Tough yeah. break. Tough break for Fayetteville. Uh, yep. But look, I mean, when you start to factor in losing a player, man, that, none, none of this other stuff really matters. I mean, no, you, you want to no, get everything you, that that puts everything into into perspective. And um, certainly, uh, hate to hear that news. And I know that's something mm-hmm. that you know that coaching staff and those kids they'll you know they'll never forget. Certainly, this is this is one season. I don't think anybody in Fayetteville will we'll ever forget. Udawa and Davy Crockett, you remember back some weeks ago, several weeks ago now, they played this game. First uh, week? Where they tried to. Yeah, they tried to play it back in week one, and the weather was so bad that they stopped the game. And at that time, they come out and said, 
we're not going to make this game up. You know, we're not going to try to replay it. The weather was too bad. Nobody wanted to get back on the bus and, and ride so far to be able to play it. Well, now they will go ahead and call this a complete game. So it, it goes down as a loss for Ottawa, and the stats from this game will count. That's what's important here because Davy Crockett quarterback Cade Larkins is chasing the state's all-time passing leader record, and this will allow him to, to be able to get closer. Um, a nice move by Ottawa. Ottawa didn't have to do this. They could have mm-hmm. they could have stuck to their guns and said, nope, mm-hmm. not going to do it. We're not going to take the mm-hmm. L. But um, this man. And as far as, uh, sorry, Chris, as far as playoffs and stuff, a win there, you know, or not having that loss could have potentially helped them as well. So, I mean, it could have potentially hurt them, you know, if, if it comes down to a tiebreaker or something like that as well, Chris. Yeah, but but a nice move by Ottawa. They, um, they agreed to let this guy have his, uh, you know, to continue the pursuit of the record and, and get him a little bit closer. So that was, uh, again, good move by uh, – Classy move. Uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't have to do that. Uh, we do have two teams. By the way, final note here before we wrap it up: two teams have finished their season. Uh, Central Chattanooga Central is done. They're three and seven. They picked up a win by forfeit over Notre Dame. Remember, Notre Dame had to forfeit mm-hmm. some games for playing an eligible player this year too. Uh, but Central finishes their season three and seven. They end on a four-game losing streak. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, they are also done after a two and one start. They lost their last six games. And by the time you figure in the games they had to forfeit, Notre Dame only had nine games on the schedule. So they finish 0 and 9 for the year. Everybody else, Chandler, will play this week in the final week of the regular season. It's going to be a fun week, Chris. There's a lot, and we'll talk about this later this week. There's a lot of playoff implications. All right. Well, stick around. Make sure you join us later on in the week because Chandler will give you his uh, – he's got his bracketology predictions working, and he'll he'll be able to give you that stuff. Chandler, let's go ahead and get to our top five uh, yep. in the small schools and the large schools. We do this ranking every week. We give you our five teams uh, in the small schools and the large schools. Our five best, if you will, um, and we do this every week. Chandler, I'm going to go ahead and let you start. Let's go with the small schools first. This is 1A, 2A, and 3A in the, in the TSSAA. So tell me what you got, Chandler. At number five, Chris, I've got Copper Basin. Um, I think they're impressive, and I, I can keep them on my list for at least another week until they play South Pittsburgh. Um, I think that's the reason I've got them on this week. Uh, number four, I've got Meigs County. Number three, I've got Tyner. Um, I think Tyner right now, although the record doesn't show it, they're, they're a better team. I think their offense is as good, if not better, than Meigs County right now. And if, if you had to twist my arm today, I think Tyner would have a deeper playoff run. Um, number two, South Pittsburgh. And then at number one, I've got Red Bank. Um, you know, I, I don't think I had much change from last week, Chris. Uh, Chandler, we're close. You and I are close. Uh, you, I've got Red Bank number one. I've got South mm-hmm. Pittsburgh number two. I have Meigs County three. I have Tyner four. And I've still got those Bledsoe County Warriors coming in at number five. I took a glance at Copper Basin too. 
because they've had a really good schedule, but they've also lost two games in a row here. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like they've lost to two games that if you're, you're going to be one of the top five teams, you don't lose the games they've lost the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it. So I don't have Copper Basin in my top five for that reason. What about your large school rankings, Chandler? Who you got there? Uh, I'll start from the top on this one. Uh, no, no surprise. Macaulay and Baylor at one and two uh, in that order. Uh, number three, I still haven't been County. Um, I, honestly, Chris, you know, and and I've got Bradley Central at number four, so those two are going to play each other, and we'll get a definite three and four there. Honestly, in our in our uh, in our rankings uh, at the end of next week, I, I think Min County right now is, I, I, you know. My only concern with them is, you know, do you get so built up for that Maribel game, and then does your season rely on that? Because they had a really good season. I'm sure they were, you know, they they were walking in that game expecting they were hoping to get a win, Chris. So, um, so I mean, that's the only thing I have with them. And they have, by the way, like I said, they had the smallest margin of victory besides Alcoa against Maribel this season, and that, you know, and that's still 30 points, Chris, but. Right now, that's why I give them the edge over Bradley Central, number four. And number five, um, because of the Sally Daisy loss, I had Boyd Buchanan and Sally Daisy last week tied. I now just have Boyd Buchanan, who, you know, they're in a really, really good spot, and they can potentially take that number one spot in the region as well this coming week. Yeah, um, I agree with you on McCauley and Baylor being one and two. I, I can't hold McCauley's loss to a team that is ranked in the state no. of Florida. I can't hold that against them this week. McCauley's still one. Baylor's number two. I've got Boyd Buchanan up to number three. They are absolutely rolling right now. I think they're playing really good. I think they're playing really good football. I've got Bradley four, and I've got uh, McMinn five. So uh, that's mine. McCauley, Baylor, BBS, Bradley, and McMinn. That's my top five. So same teams, different order. Yeah, we got the same teams. just slightly different order in the small schools. You have Copper Basin, I have Bledsoe, but for the most part, yeah. we pretty much have it. Uh, we, we we pretty much have the uh, have the same too. So Chandler, you got anything else for this week or for this uh, uh, this uh, podcast? A uh, quick note. Uh, I, I know it's kind of surprising, Chris. Uh, we'll talk about this next week. Hickson they get the win over Chattanooga Central. And and I thought that that would be a game that Chattanooga Central won. They won thirty nine thirty eight. And that was and another now, game. That was another game, by the way, that kept going back and forth all night between yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. And I I didn't know where where that game was going to end up, but I think they were up. I think Chattanooga Central was up by a touchdown with about two or three minutes to go, and I was like, all right, they've got this in the bag. They came back again. And then all of a sudden, I looked at the final score, and I had to do a double take because it was thirty nine thirty eight Dixon. So. <laughs> Hickson's still in the running for the playoffs, so uh, you know that's that's good for them. I, I'm sure that's a lot of momentum that they could that they could gain on for next year. But but yeah, they stay alive. And I think that was one of the more impressive things I saw this week. You know, a team fighting for playoff contention and still in the playoff contention when they could have been knocked out last week. 
That is going to do it for us this week here on SETN Preps. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at SETN Preps. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. Make sure you like our Facebook page. Subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast.com. We are, uh, we're pretty much out there. So uh, find us if you like it. Subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget, we've got our bracket challenge coming up. We'll find out how good you are. We'll find out how good we are. What if we're not good at it? That's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. We've got to find out how good we are. Gosh. We don't care about the people. Like I need, like I need more <laughs> pressure. Like I need more pressure. All right. So uh, be looking for that. We'll have details for that on Twitter and on Facebook coming out later on uh, this week. Once the uh, once the brackets get set, we are almost ready to take a look at week number eleven, the final week of high school football in the state of Tennessee. We will do that when we join you again right here on SETN Prep. Yeah.